Welcome to the Soaring Stories podcast, biz bestie style chats for teen entrepreneurs. I'm Anna, the owner of Anna Made Design Co., a handmade greeting card shop, and the founder of Soaring Together. Here, we'll uncover the stories of young business owners and talk about all things creative writing, marketing, and design. Let's go. Welcome back to Soaring Stories. Today we have Leah and she is someone who's so cool. I found her on Instagram through another podcast that I listened to. And I was like, I need to connect with this girl. She has a podcast called Decision Day Podcast. And it's all about life after high school, exploring all the options. So if you like this one, definitely go take a look at her episode, which is going to be airing on the same day. We did like an interview flip-flop, which is so cool. But Leah works a full-time job in video editing, which she got right out of high school. And she's exploring entrepreneurship, this job, all of the things that she wants to do. And she also got started really young. So Leah, will you introduce yourself and kind of tell us how you got on this path? Yes, of course. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited that we're doing a podcast swap and that you even reached out because it's so refreshing to hear someone like-minded. So thank you, Anna. Um, so I'm Leah Leverage. I am a class of 2022 high school graduate, and I started Decision Day to just kind of explore all of the options after high school because while I was a senior, I felt lost, confused, undecided. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And it wasn't because I wasn't exploring while I was in high school. I was doing everything from job shadowing to career quizzes, looking at my Zodiac, my <laughs> Enneagram number, everything. And I just couldn't figure it out. So I was like, what's the rush? College has never been something that I looked forward to. So I just figured, let me just start working right away and making money um, because I love traveling. And if I can start to accumulate a career, build my brand, um, and then hopefully in the future, I'll be able to travel. Um, that would be ideal. And then I've also just started the podcast to help other people who feel similar to me um, or just any high schooler who doesn't know what path is right for them or maybe high schoolers that don't even know how many paths are actually available to them other than just going right to college. Would you say that when you were younger, you envisioned yourself in the future going to college? Honestly, that is a great question because I feel like I have a very strong sense of if I can see myself doing it type of thing, like trusting my gut, um, because I just never even really thought of it. I mean, watching movies and stuff, I don't know. It was like high school is fine. Um, I also did have two years of my high school year part of COVID, which had a big influence because it was just like, what am I doing? This feels like a waste of time for some of it. Um, but no, I don't think I could ever really envisioned college as a kid like the people that I even looked up to I was like I'm just watching them do their own thing I knew that I've I've always kind of been um, a bit of a leader I am a Leo so I don't know <laughs> those tie together um, so just the path of entrepreneurship felt right and then also while I was in middle school um, I don't know do you have National Junior Honor Society or National Honor Society I have the Honor Society, but not the Junior Honor Society. Okay, yeah. So it's like that volunteer work for school. Um, I just got creative and I was like, I want to start a bath bomb business. It was called uh, Bath Bombs for Charity. And uh, little 12-year-old me was making bath bombs in my basement when it was popular. And then we'd sell them to boutiques and go door to door and then donate money to charity. So like you with your Etsy shop, like I really just loved that and the creativity behind it. And I loved working for myself, making my own schedule. So honestly, college was just something I felt like I was forcing myself to do versus something that I genuinely felt I wanted to do. Tell us about what it was like 
maybe with your parents or friends or whatever, when you kind of told them, this is the path I'm deciding to go on, or at what point when someone said, hey, Leah, where are you going to college? What are you doing after high school? Were you able to tell them like, no, this is what I think I want to do? And I was so embarrassed. I First of all, I didn't even know if it was an option because I have really old-fashioned Italian grandparents and they want me to be an engineer or a doctor or nothing. So I was like, oh, what am I going to tell them? This doesn't feel right and I don't want to waste the time and the money and the energy forcing myself to do something when I already had that job, as you mentioned. Um, so it was very difficult. I think for a whole year after I graduated, I had my nonna and grandpa just on top of me of like, are you sure you don't want to go to school? You know that you're not going to make this much money. Are you, why don't you try again with being a doctor? And I was like, I, it was a lot. I just had to stay strong and trust my gut. Um, thankfully my parents were both very supportive. Um, so I'm so grateful that I had their support and I could lean on them when I was kind of feeling that, um, not negative energy, but I was having the opposite, like always being thrown at me. But then in terms of friends, it was definitely a little bit awkward. I went to a public high school um, in New York, uh, upstate New York, very upstate. And so it was like, um, not a lot of people were taking non-traditional paths. So I kind of just didn't share too much about what I was doing. I kept it very vague um, from the fear of kind of standing out in a bad way, which I do regret a little bit. Why do you regret that? Do you think that telling people would have had benefits to it? As we were just talking about, um, when I just interviewed you, I just wasn't confident okay. and I wasn't like secure in what I was doing. I wish I would have had that confidence to be like, no, this is what I'm doing. Even though it's different, I love it. I'm just taking this other path. I just didn't feel confident. And I, I don't know, I wanted to blend in for the wrong reasons. Like it, I don't know. I just didn't want to start a conversation and then have my mind be swayed when I knew what I wanted to do at the end of the day. But even though you didn't have the confidence to tell people, you still had the enough confidence to do the non-traditional path that you really wanted to. So that is kind of a benefit and a good thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, I think it's just because I'm so much like, I'm, I got to make the decision and I'm going to be the one to deal with the decision. So it's going to be at the end of the day what I want to do, even if um, I do have grandparents that are nagging me to do something else. How do you think that your parents tried to prepare you for this path that you wanted to take? Were there any things that you needed to learn, like going into the adult world of being an adult that your parents taught you? The biggest thing my mom actually just reminded me today, she constantly tells me like, this is your time to work because um, to retire at an earlier age, the average that people normally say is retire at 65. But to really just get the most out of your life, I feel like a lot of people kind of get into the workforce slowly, traditionally. But she always just tells me, this is your time to work. Like, this is when you have no one depending on you. I don't have any kids. I'm not married. So like, this is my time to really build my brand, get some stuff going here, start making some money. Um, I think that's the biggest piece of advice that I've learned from them. But also really just networking. Like, there's so many opportunities that I've been blessed with because of who I know or because of that person I agreed to meet on a coffee date. Like, it's just everyone's connected. Even just the way that we met is so phenomenal. So um, not being afraid to reach out and make a connection with somebody, even if you're still in high school and you're scared to talk to an adult, because I totally was, um, because it can be intimidating. But those are the two biggest things that they really helped me with that have, I'd say, prepared me well to enter the workplace right out of high school. 
So tell us, what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? I know you're full-time. Is that like an hourly type of thing where you have an, a set amount of hours that you're working and then you're doing your own stuff? Or how is that job set up for you right now? Okay, so let me try to explain it because it's so hard to explain. It's so kind of unique. So currently, um, I've brought my uh, knowledge with social media growing up on social media since I was 12 and my love for video editing. I've been editing, like if you know Big Brother or uh, Video Star, stuff like that. I used to do my own versions of all that and just constantly video editing and family movies. So I've taken those two kind of passions of mine and I was blessed with an internship, a paid internship with an entrepreneur named Brandon T. Adams in 2021. So I was a junior in high school and I was like, okay, I might as well. I just had to schedule some posts for him. And it was so intimidated to get on a Zoom call with a grown man that I had no idea who he was, by the way. It was terrible. But now I'm so glad that I did because it's blossomed into me being his multimedia and video production manager. So basically, um, he hosts events and workshops and I'll attend as part of the team and I'll help host at this level. Um, but I mean, it's taken some years to get here. And then also on a day-to-day -day basis, I edit uh, reels, TikTok videos, posts for him, and I'll post them to all of his social media. Um, let's see, he does advisory clients. So I'll be on those calls, kind of taking notes. It's really very miscellaneous. Um, I'll produce his podcast along with my own. Um, but yeah, it's kind of built up from there. So multimedia is kind of the all encompassing term for like really just helping him with anything he needs. Um, I am technically it's a full time, like a, it's a 40 hour job. And then I also, since I'm kind of a subcontractor, like all this entrepreneurship stuff, you're self-employed technically. Um, so then I also help another lady, a little shout out to repaint studios. It's a reusable paint tray liner. Uh, Billy Asmus, I met her at one of Brandon's events and I help her with her social media as well. So there's a lot of people out there that have businesses and brands that they want to be on social media, but they don't necessarily know how. So I've been um, helping a lot of those people edit and post and come up with captions and the little aesthetics to social media. Um, yeah, that's a lot of what I do. I'm kind of taking everything that I've <laughs> gained over being on social media for so long and finding a way to monetize it really. So you have your own stuff, your own podcast, and then you work for these two other people. Right. How do you prioritize planning or time management, I guess, for making sure you have enough time for your own brand, but then also working for these people in addition to that? Oh my gosh, I am looking for advice on that, actually. <laughs> I'd say that I have it kind of down. I mean, I have like a planner that I'll, uh, I have like one of the daily ones. So I need like hours of the day notes on the side. And I just got to kind of write in like every hour if I have a call or something like that. Um, but I really just, I, I know what the expectation is, I, especially if somebody is younger that's entering the workforce, know what the expectation is at all times so that you don't um, overpromise, underdeliver. under-deliver. Uh, I think that's how I kind of stay on top of things. But honestly, I'm not the best in terms of uh, routine because I'm someone who works very well at night, kind of like a night owl. It could be 10 p.m. and I'm editing, I'm getting stuff done, I'm sending emails. But if you try to put that in front of me at 8 a.m., it's going to be a very different <laughs> level of productivity. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm working with right now, but I'm definitely open to advice and suggestions on that. Okay. This is such a random question, but I find that I am sending emails at the weirdest times of the day, whether it's like 6 a.m. if I had to get up early to finish something, or like you said, 10 p.m. Have you ever found that that's like 
an issue for any people or are they just like you email me I'll get to you during my normal business hours honestly email is not my favorite if we could just text all the time or like even slack we use like that would be great but for email I mean I know the etiquette but it's also like if I'm doing work at 10 p.m you're gonna get an email from me at 10 p.m but I've never found it an issue because I don't know entrepreneurs are very I feel like forgiving because we all know we're just doing our own thing it's that same kind of mindset so everyone I do appreciate in this uh field how everyone's so open and kind of honest like we all understand what it takes some weeks you might be working 60 hours some weeks you're working 35 like it's all different so I think it's pretty flexible in that way but that is a funny random question (laughs) going into the workforce so young and starting like a real real job when you're still a teenager was there any mistakes that you made or things where you're like, oh, I didn't know that I needed to do X or that X was expected of someone like me? There's, I think it's just communication is such a big part of it, especially when you're younger working with adults who have already been working for so long. Um, the ability to communicate clearly, you can't take anything personal. Um, a lot of like me and Brandon communicating, uh, currently is like just text. Like we'll just constantly text each other. Like, Oh, did you pose this? Oh, did you remember about this? And you just can't take it personal. Um, so a lot of it is just keeping organized making sure obviously that you don't show up late to things. You don't miss anything. Um, I mean, honest, honestly speaking, there has, there was one time where I did sleep in, uh, didn't hear the alarm. And I was like 30 minutes late to a call. And I was just like, listen, do you want me to get on? What can I do to make it up to you? Um, (laughs) Because to apologize, I I really try not to say sorry a lot, try not to use too many exclamation marks, because I know that's something that women tend to lean towards. Um, You just kind of have to be direct to the point, uh, not stand up for yourself, but advocate for yourself and yeah, stay organized. Um, And also adding value is a huge thing as well um, that I know in the beginning, I was like, what does that mean adding value? But if you can help anyone in any sort of way, they're much more likely to want to work with you further or talk to you further versus just like approaching someone with a question. Uh, I'd noticed that in the beginning, I definitely didn't get a lot of people reaching back out if I just went, oh, can you do something for me? Or what do you think about this? Can you help me with this? Another thing that I've heard entrepreneurs talk about a lot is how when they're looking to hire someone, they're looking for someone who can like figure out what they need to do. So do you have any tactical tips for being resourceful and being able to figure out the things that you need to do and how to do them? I always just kind of tell myself, like, if I can't figure out something when I'm video editing, it's like, it's out there somewhere. I think since we've all grown up, like as Gen Z, we've grown up with the internet, we kind of forget how much is actually on it and how much we're not really using it. So um, everything kind of seems figure outable. And I always just go to people who I look up to that are maybe like a step ahead. I try to surround myself with people that are ahead of me, um, even though it's like not to knock my own confidence or anything, but just to be like, okay, they know more than I do because they've already done this. Let me learn from their mistakes. Um, So in terms of being resourceful, I think a lot of it's like looking up how to do things on YouTube or just honestly, researching, reading articles, what's trending on TikTok right now, even though it's so hard to tell, um, stuff like that. But also just asking for help if I genuinely need it. I never try to be like, oh, I know this or I'll figure it out. Like if I genuinely don't understand something, I'll ask the question because I think that just goes back to advocating for yourself. Yeah. And I love the point about asking a question too, because usually the person you're asking, it's like a two second response for them. Like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I've 
started editing videos. How do I add a zoom? Oh, you go up to the top right and you click like transitions, things like that, where it's so easy for someone to tell you, or you could Google for an hour and still be like, I don't know how to do this. Very true. I know. And I feel like we get in our head about like, oh, they're going to think I'm dumb. Just ask it. Just get it. I mean, they probably won't even remember. I've asked so many dumb questions, but I mean, you have to sometimes. Tell us what you want to have for the future and what your plans are for starting your own business or like advancements you want to make in your career or anything you're currently planning right now. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Daunting question. I've been asked that a few times and I always get like a little flustered because I am the type of person that I want to get to here, like point B, but I'll always like, rather than going from A to B, I'll try to just go right to B, like not even doing the process or anything. Cause I just, I know, like, for example, I love, I'm fascinated by the UK, London, England, all that. And I'm just like, I want to go there. I want to live there, but it's just not the right time. And like, there's things that I have to do. Like I'm not financially ready to move to London right now. So it's like trying to stop myself from thinking like that. I'd love to own my own business. And I do love to be that kind of leader, um, creatively thinking, but it comes down to anything that will help empower women. I get really fascinated and lit up about, um, if there's any way that I can support women with whatever my career ends up being, I'm totally happy with that. For now, it's uh, helping high schoolers decide what they want to do after graduation. And I really would just love to even expand and grow with the Decision Day podcast and help as many people as possible, get as many perspectives from successful people as possible, um, make it more look more legit. Like I see stuff online all the time. I'm like, oh my God, their setup's so cool. How can I mimic that? How can I build to that level. Um, so those are really my two things is building decision day and helping women. Doesn't even matter what it is. I just, I think that would make me the more most fulfilled. I love that. Yeah. And that's the perfect thing to do in business is you find the people that you love to work with and love to help. And then you're able to create a product or a service or whatever they need. Right. If something just comes to me, like maybe in conversation with someone I meet at one of these events, like you say, just going to these events is so life-changing, but even just one conversation that I'll be like, oh my God, I never even knew that existed. I'm so interested in that. And then it just goes from there. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. That's why I just keep experimenting, trying things out even after graduation. Do you have any favorite brands or people to follow on social media right now? Oh my gosh. Okay. Let me think. Okay. This is really random, but there's this clothing brand called Cezanne. It's in, it's located in France. And they literally on their video, all their videos and stuff, they speak French. So I don't know what they're saying ever, but just the aesthetic of it and the vibe and how they post, they do like trying on outfits, but they're also selling like their clothes at the same time. But I really like the vibe of it. And in terms of like watching brands and kind of admiring like the marketing that goes into it, I am like the biggest snob for commercials where I'll be like, no, that one was terrible. Or like if when we're going to be watching the Super Bowl coming up, I'm going to be like, okay, no, that one was horrible. Or, oh, that one was actually pretty good. So I love like (laughs) even like Liberty Mutual where they just do those funny like Liberty Biberty, those stupid ones. I'm like, okay, they know what they're doing, making us laugh. Um, But stuff like that. I don't know if that's the answer you were looking for, but I really admire like the real genuine brands versus, you know, trying to be fake or, you know, better than everyone else. I've always liked the State Farm ones, I think, because they yes. do like them on football, but then they have football players doing whatever, like, funny skit. And I'm always like, yeah, they, they like, knew their audience for this one. That was a good, good one. Yes, the insurance companies have it down. And then you watch, like, the car commercials. Oh, my gosh. I get the worst ones for, like, pickup trucks. And I'm like, I am not 
a grown man about to go to GMC and buy a pickup truck right now. I don't know why I get them, but yeah, those ones will drive me crazy. But you're totally right with State Farm. Jake from State Farm. <laughs> Have you seen the poppy one? Like they're this drink yeah. company that sold at Target and they had a full commercial on football. Oh, wait, I haven't seen that. I've seen them like do those giant 3D renderings of the drink, like being on some beach and it's like extreme, like the size of the moon and it's just sitting on a beach. I've seen that. Very creative. But yeah, I know what okay, poppy is. You have just to look it up. But I really liked it. It was really well done and really cool. Football. You said poppy football ad. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think what other ads have you seen recently? I like get the same ones and I get so annoyed with the yeah. repetition. I love when an ad has like a good song playing. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think. The progressive ones are funny with the turning into your parents. Yeah. Yeah. There was one from like years ago. I think I forget what it was an ad for Nike or Apple, something like that. And it was Taylor Swift running on a treadmill. I don't know if you've seen that. I know. I missed that one. Oh, oh my gosh. It's so funny. Um, She's like running on a treadmill and she falls. Like she's singing uh, Jumpman by Drake, I think. And mm -hmm. she falls off the treadmill and like face plants. I, I honestly forget what the ad was for, but that's always, that might be my favorite. Just because it's so funny and like out of context. People joke like, oh, I watch football for the commercials. Yes, I yep. do watch football for the commercials. Totally. Yeah, in the same exact way. One of my favorites, it was like two or three Super Bowls about Super Bowls ago, and it was this chunky milk ad, and it was like <laughs> something like, Oh, you this sounds terrible, and then it moved to some sort of phone company. And I was like, maybe it's not a very good commercial because I'm not remembering what it was about or what the actual company was, but it made me think, and I've never forgotten it. That's so funny. Okay, maybe we're getting different targeted ads because you're in Colorado, I'm in New York. I feel like our ad experience is very different, but equally crazy. <laughs> yes. Do you have a lot of billboards in New York? Well, I'm in a very like, I mean, you think New York, you think New York City, but I feel like it's just Roch Rochester, New York. It's a big city, but in terms of billboards, it's like local stuff. A okay. lot of like local insurance and law firms and stuff like that. Not crazy yeah. though. So many law firms. Yes. <laughs> Even the Geico ones. There's so many of those around here. Oh, I don't have a lot of those. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I have a lot of insurance ones. Yeah. I mean, fascinating to think about how they're targeting different areas of people and different like what YouTube videos you're watching versus what ads you get. But this has yeah. been such a fun conversation. Can you tell us where to find you and where to find the podcast and all of that? Of course. On social media, I am at Leah Leverich, L-E-A-H-L-E-V-E-R-I-C-H. -E -E and I had to add an extra H on the end because my username was taken. Um, and then at Decision Day Podcast. Um, my website is leahleverich.com. Uh, let's see. My email is decisiondaypodcast at gmail.com. If you hit up any of those, I will be responding. I'm the type of person to respond to every comment. Um, I just love engaging like virtually like me and you did when we were just mm -hmm. talking and then we went, okay, let's interview each other. Let's have a conversation further. Um, so I love it. If anyone has any decision day stories to share or plans for life after high school, I'd love to hear them or even thoughts about the whole concept and the traditional path versus taking the non-traditional path. I'd love to hear any of that. Um, or to just connect further. I'm totally open. I love networking and talking on social media. It's my favorite. Thanks for listening to this episode of Soaring Stories. 
If you want to stay connected until next week, join my newsletter at the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts.